0: Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Book of Ephesians. It's a little Bible study I've got prepared for you today. Ephesians 3. Verses 10 through 12 says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God. One translation says the multifaceted wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. To the intent that now the multifaceted wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. The Good News translation says in order that at the present time by means of the church the angelic rulers and powers in the heavenly world might learn of His wisdom in all its different forms. You know, angels fallen and faithful can learn something by looking at you. By looking at the church. Ephesians 4, 8 Says, quoting Psalm 68, 18, therefore he says, when he ascended on high, speaking of Jesus, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. The footnote in my Bible for Psalm 68 references Acts 233, being exalted by the right hand and having received the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out that which you now see and hear Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, and even Acts 238. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is the birthday of the church, Acts chapter 2. And uh, not only did the Lord give the Holy Spirit, but through the Holy Spirit coming and empowering men, He gave a gift. I'm just going to call this the gift from God. And I want to talk about the church. The church is the gift from God. I'll develop this a little more. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness and your goodness. Speak to our hearts through these powerful scriptures and concepts. Anoint me to speak. Anoint us to hear. Devil, you're a liar and a thief. And you've been tricking people and talking people out of their best and the promises that God has for them. And we come against you in Jesus' name. I pray that your influence will be lifted And I pray that the word and the faith of God could penetrate the hearts and spirits of people in this room and hearing me on the the internet today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. During Advent and the Christmas season, we think a lot about giving, giving gifts. And can I say it? Getting gifts. I'm an only child. And a few years ago... (laughs) When I was younger, like maybe 51 years old, I got fed up with going to mom and dad's and just having a couple of presents in my stack. Because mom and dad load up their grandkids and now their great-grandkids with all these presents. And I just I had my feel just a few years ago, and I said, listen, guys, we need a time out here. I used to get tons of gifts for Christmas. Now I get two or three in my little stack. And my kids and and my grandkids are getting everything, and that just ain't right. we got to stop this, mom and dad. And, uh, yeah, because I'm an only child, I I can do that. And I, I did that. And I love my kids and grandkids, don't get me wrong. But don't my mom and dad love me as well? Stop it. There's Black Friday. There's Cyber Monday. And we shop for all kind of gifts for each other. And, and then there's Giving Tuesday where we give financial gifts to support worthy causes and organizations. But this spirit of giving is all inspired because of the season, Christmas. And, and when God gave the ultimate gift, his only begotten son, the most famous scripture in our Bible is John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, 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 we can believe in him, it goes on to say, and, and be translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights. Notice that's plural, the Father of lights. In James 1.5, the Amplified calls the Father of lights, the giving God. So the Son, Christ Jesus, was the ultimate good and perfect gift, the light of the world, he said of himself, given from the giving God who is the Father of lights. It's like in Genesis 1, the Lord looked at the world covered in darkness and said, Let there be light, just like Genesis 1. And that light shone in the face of the only begotten, and the darkness could not comprehend it. The King James says it means it could not stop the light from shining. My favorite Christmas carol is, Oh Holy Night. Listen to these lyrics, Oh Holy Night. And you can't help but hear the melody, can you? The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and air a pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious dawn or morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. You could say the gift of Christ was the gift that just kept on giving because through him came every other good and perfect gift, including this one. And, oh, boy, do I have props today, including this one. I'm going to unwrap it. See that? That's really a Christmas ornament. But it's a church building. We know the church is not a building. The church is people. But this represents the church. God gave the world through the sacrifice of Jesus a gift called the church. And Jesus said of the church, you are the light of the world. But I thought Jesus was the light of the world. This tells us that the Father of lights who gave the Son also gave the church. Are we not also called the sons and daughters of God, the body of Christ, the church of the firstborn? Let me just take this time right here to remind somebody. When you became part of the church of the living God, you became part of the highest order of creation. A gift from the Father of lights to this dark, fallen broken world. And you were created to shine. And the darkness, although it wants to stop the church from shining, can never ever stop the church from shining. You didn't just shake a hand or sign a card or move your membership letter to become part of the church. I'm telling you, you were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And when you heard the message of Jesus and turned in faith to him, and you went down in that water grave, which is just a a glorified bathtub right right there, but there was a name that was spoken over you that you called upon in that water grave. And when you were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, you were born again, y'all, of water and spirit you became the church, a gift from God to this messed up world, and it is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Yes. Can you give him some praise for that right now? <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Wow, that fires me up. In 1998, Valerie and I moved to Bel Air, Maryland and planted a church. We moved there with a U-Haul caravan, Brenda Gale, you remember this well, a U-Haul caravan. We moved 1,200 miles from home. We got there, stayed in a hotel because our house still fell out. We had to stay in a hotel for a week or so until we got another house. We, we rented that house. It was miserable. The guy made me pay six months rent up front because he just didn't believe what I was doing. I said, I've moved here in the name of Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus of Nazareth to plant a church. God's going to help us start a church. And the guy looked like, at me like I was out of my ever living mind. And I said, where, where, do you have a job? He said, I said, I'm a church planter. No, I, I don't have a, a, a real job, but I'm a church planter. And he said, I ain't renting to you unless you pay me six months up front. It was miserable. Then we not only rented that, we rented a school. We were kind of ignorant at the time. We, we didn't think that there might be a better way to do it. This was the late 90s. We were much younger. Uh, church planting wasn't as uh, cool as it is today, and there, there weren't as many resources for sure. So we went ahead and rented a school at the cost of about, I think it was about $400 a week or something like that. And we had no people. We started advertising, knocking doors, starting Bible studies. And and we began. I got some pics. I think I've got some pics. Uh, Me and Valerie took a sentimental journey. These are stretched out a little bit, but yeah, suns in our eyeballs, and that's it's really more pictures of us than that house behind us right there is that house that eleven Dewberry Way. That's the house the guy said I ain't renting to you unless you pay me six months up front. We rented that house. That became that living room became our church. That became our church. I got another pick. Then we, I uh, got another pick. Then, well, we moved into the school, and then we were in the school for uh, for a long time. And then we ended up moving. I didn't have a picture of that, but uh, they actually tore it down and built a bigger school. Then we moved here to the Episcopal Church, and the the go back to the Episcopal Church. The Episcopal Church was where the snakes. Y'all heard me tell the story of the snakes. We got invaded invaded by snakes in our meeting space, and the priest told me, we like snakes. We catch and release them, and I'm like, but they fall out of the light and onto our Sunday school tables with our Sunday school children, and he's like, we have Andy. If that happens, call me. I'll get Andy to come get the snake. We'll take him to the field next door and release him. I said, if you guys can't exterminate this thing, I'm from the south. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, he'll crush the head of the serpent, you know, that's where I come from. And he's like, we like snakes. We like to catch a release. So we had to move on. We went from the Episcopal Church to the next slide, which is the Knights of Columbus. The Knights of Columbus stage had a gigantic bingo machine on the platform. We just put a tablecloth over it and put the sound system on there. and, And I'm playing keys or guitar, and I'm, like, doing the sound, and we... We had, Caleb was on a, a, electric drums, I call them rubber drums, they're miserable, and, and we had, we just had a band, and we, we did our thing, and, and uh, in the Knights of Columbus, and then we ended up moving from the Knights of Columbus to a place we could have 24-7, it was only the bottom part of this where you see the garage door, it was the bottom of an adult daycare, but we had it 24-7, we had offices, man, I felt like we had arrived, man, we were all that, we, we went there. And and we started with James and his mother and Michelle and her kids and her boyfriend and Rod and Pat and their kids and Mark and Jane and their kids and Dennis and Joan and Cheryl and her mother and the Cons and others. Zechariah 4.10 says, despise not the day of small beginnings. And we didn't. And today that church that we planted is a big church. They had 4,000 people in attendance on Easter of last year, different locations. It's pretty amazing what has happened there. In 2006, we planted LifePoint, and we started with Gabe and Devin and Spaz and Russell, and eventually Cassandra, Wesley, Kelly, Phil, and Misty, their kids, Ron and Denise, their kids, their little babies, and 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 and, and more. And the rest is history. And we've helped plant other churches. Are you with me? Yeah. And, and every day, I talk. Every single day, I talk with a bunch of young church planters around. The country, they're they're amazing. Uh, Youngblood, Chavis, Price, Vanderford, Longstreth, Kuhn, Feld, and others. They're absolutely amazing. This next gen of church planters, they are rock stars. They're amazing. But the truth is, there's really only one real church planter. Jesus said in Matthew 16, Upon this rock, I will build my church. Every church that's ever been planted that truly was a church was planted by Jesus Christ himself. Now, he uses people. Even Paul said, I planted another water, but God gave the increase. But Jesus was working with and through Paul and Apollos and Timothy and Donovan and Valerie and Josh and Court and Barron and Lane and, and others. And here's the point. In John 12, 24, Jesus said this, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He was speaking of himself being planted. Only the one who was planted in the tomb and raised from the dead can truly plant a church of the living God. No wonder Paul told the church at Corinth, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. And I am telling you, I want to remind somebody in this room today. You are part of something that Jesus Christ himself planted. You are part of something against which the gates of hell shall not prevail. You are a gift from God, a light to this dark and dreary world. God himself has seen to it. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Amen? Say, thank you, Jesus. Now... In our reading, Paul says that the church is like a diamond on black velvet. That's the way I like to think of it. Being shown off to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. In other words, God is saying to fallen angels and to faithful angels, to the good and the bad, if you want to see the depth of my wisdom and power, look at these people that I have called out of darkness into my marvelous light. Notice, he doesn't show the depth of his wisdom and power by telling us to look at the angels. He tells the angels, if you want to see how big I really am, Look what I've done with these people. We are the manifestation of God's wisdom and power. So that begs the question. Does that mean that when he finds us we're diamonds? Is he is he only looking for for diamonds? For diamonds, how about that, right? Right there. Y'all, we're gonna sell this bad boy and we're going to build a 3,000-seater, if only. Here's the deal. Does he say, I'll choose this one because they're brilliant? Like God says, look at Milton over there. He's got the four Cs, cut, color, clarity, and carrots. He's high caliber. But I tell you who I don't want. I don't want old Steve right there. He's got his grandbaby not even paying attention to anything that's going on in the room. He looks at Steve and he says, he's just a lump of coal. (laughs) Milton's a diamond. Steve's just a lump of coal. Here's the truth. Here's the real truth. When he found us all, We were all just a lump of coal, right? We didn't have anything to offer him. We didn't come to him as a diamond, not even a diamond in the rough. We just came to him. You know what coal is? It's just a bunch of old dead stuff smashed together. We were full of death and and no life, just made up of dead things. But but then the church planter went to work and said, "Let me show you what I can do." Yeah. Ephesians 2 puts it like this, "And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins." <laughs> Woo! <laughs> in, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, we were by nature the children of wrath like everybody else. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead, made us alive together with Christ by grace You have been saved. I'm telling you, I serve a God who can transform you from a lump of coal into a diamond that shines and shows off the glory of God. Can you give it praise right now? Thank you, Jesus. And may we never get too big for our britches, as my grandmother used to say, and think that we're just a diamond and he found me when I was a diamond. No, I am only what I am by the grace of God. The the good in me is only the grace of God. The bad in me, he's still working on me. But the good in me, the grace of God. I don't deserve anything. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a bunch of lumps of coal out there. Don't judge them and say, boy, they're too messed up. You don't know what God can do. You don't know what God's really done in my life. I don't know what he's really done in your life. But if we knew, it would blow our minds. But I'll tell you who does know, the angels and the devils, they look at you in stark amazement. Wow, I'm blown away. What could come of these Called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Lights to the world. We've seen that light before. Oh, it's shown in the blessed Son of God. And it shows in the body of Christ as well. Next week we'll be receiving a Christmas for Christ offering. It's to help plant new Churches in North America. And frankly, I am convinced that the local church is the hope of the world. I believe the local church right now is under attack like never before. The devil wants to wipe it off the face of the earth and always has wanted to do that. But the more he fights, the more the light shines. The darker the night gets, the brighter the light shines. The darkness could not stop the light from shining. And to plant churches, it takes co laborers working with the Lord and working with each other. People giving of their time, talent, and treasure. Some go. Me and Valerie did. Others have gone. Some sinned. People sent us through prayer support and financial support and encouragement support. Some become part of the team and work in the vineyard of the Lord in that local setting. And this year, in our Christmas for Christ, I think we should give a crazy offering in this crazy year. We need to give the devil a black eye. And say, you thought you could stop us, and you thought you could stop our giving. We gave a tremendous offering in our She's for Christ offering this year, which is for global missions. I want us to do the same with our North American missions, our home missions this year. I want us to give the devil a black eye and give something that he didn't expect. Because we believe in the power. Of the local church. It's right to exist. A manifestation of the wisdom of God. To a dark world. And those who have a call of God to go. We want to go with them. By giving. In Jesus name. You believe that? I want you to be in prayer about that. We take a lot of offerings up around here. I know that. And and y'all I get asked to take many more up. We just try to take up. And prioritize where we are at the time. And I'm just going to tell you right now, this is a worthy cause. Would you close your eyes, lift your hands with me? I want you to ask the Lord, Father, what would you have me to give? We're not taking the offering up today, but just close your eyes, lift your hands. Ask the Lord right in this moment, Father, what would you have me to give? Put an amount on my heart. Drop a figure in my mind, Father, uh, an amount. How much do you want me to give, Lord? I want to help spread the gospel. I want to help a church planter who's co-laboring with you as you plant the church. I want to help them, Father, and go by giving. Some give by going, some give by giving, and go by giving. I pray, Father, that you would lead this church to give sacrificially, because, Father, we know we can't outgive you, and we believe this is a worthy cause in Jesus' name. Now, let me me say this. Are you with me? I'm coming to a close. Why don't you stand with me right now? You may be an old lump of coal. You may just be an old lump of coal. That's how you see yourself. And I want to tell you something. If you've never turned to Jesus, you are an old lump of coal. (laughs) I mean, the good news is not good if you don't realize the bad news. You've got to realize the bad news. Without him, I'm lost. You're just an old lump of coal. But I know a God who transforms. He says, I can turn this into this. And I can put it on a setting of black velvet Before a world that shows off all the cuts, the clarity, the purity the size of that thing. I can, I can show it off to a world and it can shine light to a dark world. I can make a difference in this world and I'll make it through my church. And if you've never turned to Jesus, Jesus has turned to you and He has an invitation. I can transform you. I can change you. The Apostle Paul Tried to destroy the church. But that's like a piece of coal trying to destroy a diamond. Haters gonna hate. Church has plenty of haters today. More and more. Hating on the church. Hating on ministry. I've never felt so much hating all my life as a preacher. Stupid preacher. Silly preacher. Money grubbing preacher. Can't stop meeting preacher. Mean preacher. Insensitive preacher. All kind of hate. I'm just a preacher. I-, I feel called, man. I'm doing what I feel called to do. There's a lot of hate. But haters are gonna come. Haters are gonna go. The coal will never destroy the diamond. My hope is in nothing less than Jesus and His righteousness. My hope is in Him. He's turned me into something that just, this ain't going to change me. Hate all you want to hate, I'll make it through to the other side. I mean, those old martyrs in, in the book of Acts... Jesus looked, stands up and looks at Stephen being stoned to death. And Stephen says, don't hold this to their charge. I'm coming home. And, and the diamond was unshaken. Paul was standing there as that all went down. He tried to destroy the church, but Paul found the church was indestructible. As a matter of fact, he was changed and he began to help build what he, what he once tried to destroy. Again, haters going to hate, but the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Come on now. Come on now. And I want to give this invitation. If you've never turned to Jesus, if you've never bowed the knee to him as Lord and Savior, this is your moment. You need to bow the knee before him. Because one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But here's your opportunity to do it willingly. And I'll tell you who watch on and rejoice. The faithful angels. He gets it. Watch what's about to happen now. As the sinner bows the knee. Lord. And then that sinner... We had a cabinet maker make that cabinet around that tub. We bought that tub from professional fiberglass fabricators who put it together. We hooked it up with hoses and picks lines and stuff to, to, to get the water drained out of it. Actually, we didn't do that, did we, Ron? No, we take a hose to it. That's right. We drop a heater in there. It's just, it's just stuff fabricated. But there's something about a believer who yields to body baptism in the name that is above every name. That washes away every sin. And you rise to walk in a newness of life. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you have that opportunity Today. Today. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, I'm telling I, I plead with you. Take advantage of the gift that has been given in this giving season. That gift can transform you into a powerhouse of a witness to this lost world and also to the angels, good and bad, who look on and say, Watch out. I know what's going to happen now. Thank you for joining you us today. We hope you were Father. blessed. Thank you for, for more information world. on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.